This is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. It's back to winning ways for Pompey on the far coast. Higgs might open up for Kamara here. Kamara driving forward. Kamara back on his left foot. Kamara to hit one. Abu Kamara, a brilliant goal! A magnificent strike! Abu Kamara gives Pompey the goal they need. Fleetwood nil, Portsmouth one. Abu Kamara on target to help bring all three points back down south and maintain the Blues' place at the top of the League One table. We'll get full reaction to Saturday's victory against Fleetwood, including the thoughts of a relieved John Massinho. It sort of felt before the game if we'd managed to get a win, it would be up there with the most important and best wins of the season. And with all of the circumstances that we've experienced going into the game, to win the game is the most important thing. Riley Towler made his first league start since the opening day of the season at the weekend and was part of a three-man defence but kept a clean sheet at Highbury State. Stadium. He's been talking about the game and the support of the Blue Army who made the long journey up to Lancashire. It was quality to see them chanting and cheering to, to obviously get the win for them and to send them home happy because it's on trek as well in it so to take them home happy and get the three points is quality. And earlier today Pompey named their second signing of the January transfer window. We'll reveal all between now and seven but if you haven't seen the news yet then I'll give you a bit of a clue. He's been rumoured to a low move to the club since last week and has had interest from Queen's Park Rangers too. Oh, and his name, according to some on social media, could go well in a chant to this tune. More on the Blues' latest signing coming up on the show, throughout which we want to be hearing from you back home too. Is Abu Kamara Pompey's most informed player right now? What did you make of the change in shape at Fleetwood? And with just one goal scored from open play in his last 13 games, is Colby Bishop a player lacking in confidence? Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Post using at expressfm over on X. Head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Loads to cram in tonight on the only radio stations bring you an hour of passionate Pompey discussion twice a week, every week. You're listening to Express FM and this is the Football Hour. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Hello there and welcome along to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Thank you for joining us tonight, where we'll be bringing you full reaction to the Blues' victory away at Fleetwood. The post-match thoughts of both John Massinho and Riley Towler to come between now and 7 o'clock, as well as the thoughts of Tom Chappell and Freddie Webb too. But we begin tonight's show in routine Football Hour fashion by taking you back to the events of Pompey's last game. The Blues travelled from the South Coast to the Fylde Coast on Saturday to take on a struggling Fleetwood side without a win since the 11th of November. However, Pompey on a bit of a rut themselves too, having picked up just one victory from their previous six league games prior to kick-off. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham were your commentators at Highbury Stadium. Every kick, left a great delivery. Every goal, curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, and I believe it! Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey! On Express FM. We're about to get this game underway. Fleetwood Town against Portsmouth. Kamara's out there. Devlin's crossing to the middle. Not a bad one at the far post. Lane trying to get there. Challenge comes in. Lane saying I was fouled. Goal kick the decision. Yeah, there was... It looked like something was going on, didn't it? 
Things will open up for Kamara here. Kamara driving forward. Kamara back on his left foot. Kamara to hit one. Abu Kamara, a brilliant goal! Abu Kamara, a magnificent strike! Curls it past Lynch. That's using the wind at his back. Abu Kamara gives Pompey the goal they need. Fleetwood nil, Portsmouth one. Looking for a rare foray and attack forward. And Marriott trying to get on the ball. Shot from the wall, hits Stockley and has gone just wide. And Fleetwood are inches away from a leveller in the first minute of the second half, but they don't get one. Devlin is able to get away from his man and Devlin's driving forward and he will look and see Kamara down the right-hand side in behind Earl. And Kamara looking to take on his man into the penalty area for Pompey. Abu Kamara looks for Sadie. Sadie, chance for Pack, for Bishop. Save! And it's going to be cleared away. No, gone behind for a corner. And how have Pompey not scored? Bishop's back 40 yards from goal, doing some defending. Here's Vela into the area. There's a real chance as Shocknessy's sliding challenge has done just enough Oof. to allow Norris to get the ball ahead of Cochrane. Forward is the final action of the game at Highbury, and Portsmouth are back to winning ways. They've beaten Fleetwood Town by one goal to nil. Abu Kamara's first half strike, the difference between the two sides. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. The highlights then of the weekend's victory away at Fleetwood Town for Pompey. At the weekend, there were a few games postponed due to frozen pitches up and down the country. So in total, in League One, um, eight fixtures, uh, nine fixtures actually. Bristol Rovers 1, Blackpool 2, Burton Albion 2, Charlton Athletic 0, Exeter City 0, Cambridge United 0, Leighton Orient 1, Bolton Wanderers nil. Thank you very much, Leighton Orient. Lincoln City nil. Derby County nil. Peterborough two. Shrewsbury Town one. That game also turned out to be Matt Taylor's final match in charge of the Shrews. Wigan Athletic one. Reading nil. So leaving the League One standings looking a little bit like this. Pompey remained top of the table. 28 matches played, 56 points on the board. Peterborough United are in second with 55 points, just one behind Pompey with a game in hand. Derby County third with 53 points. It's also a game in hand and a bit of a better goal difference as well. Bolton in fourth, uh, five points behind the Blues with three games in hand. Barnsley and Oxford United make up the rest of the top six. Down at the bottom, Fleetwood Town rooted to the foot of the table with only 18 points on the board, now winless in their last 11 league matches. Carlisle United, Cheltenham Town and Reading join them in the current drop zone as things stand. Well, very delighted to welcome onto the show joining us this evening to talk all things Pompey and to go over the events of Saturday's game up on the far coast. First and foremost, um, it wasn't quite a 4-0 victory for Pompey of the weekend, but nonetheless, we've still got Mr Tom Chappell. I can see your cursor from here. <laughs> so it wasn't actually a surprise no. that that was coming on, but good evening to you. Well, thank you for having me back. Lovely to see you. Good evening. Lovely to have you. Is uh, the one and only Tom Chappell from um, the 4-0 written over it vlog over on YouTube. I trust things are going well with you. Happy New Year. Happy to have you back on the show. How, how's things going on your end? Pretty good, mate. Yeah, went all the way up to Fleetwood and it wasn't a wasted journey at the weekend. No. 1-0, still top of the league. By a, I mean, I remember speaking to you outside the ground and I said yeah. it was either the beginning of the end of our season if we didn't win today and we had an opportunity to put ourselves back on track if we did. Mm. We ended up winning, so back on track we go. Indeed we did. And alongside Tom this evening, uh, a man I don't actually have an intro for, <laughs> and I feel kind of bad for it actually. Um, I'll have to come up and create one. Freddie Webb is on the football hour this evening with us. Freddie, good evening. Oh, good evening, Jake. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't have an intro, but we'll, we'll press on with it. We'll get one sorted soon, I'm sure. If you could pick a song 
Uh, yeah. Oh God. On the spot. <laughs> I'll, 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 have to, I'll have to. I'll have to text you back. After <laughs> one, to be fair, we'll find a song for Freddie. Um, right. Let's start then with Saturday's game. Obviously, that is the main talking point in this evening's show. We're going to talk about a new signing later on as well, Freddie. But a one-nil victory for the Blues away at Fleetwood. It doesn't necessarily sound like the most convincing of results, but. Ultimately, Fleetwood didn't really have much of a sniff in, did they? No, and um, it, it had a lot of, you know, had a lot of points of being a bad game for Pompey. Really, forced to, with a new formation, lots of different players playing, and also out of position with the wing backs and stuff. It had the writing on the wall for it being a bad performance. But no, thankfully, Abu Kamara took his chance incredibly well. There were a lot of positives in the first half. Yes, we didn't control the game as well as I would have liked in the second, but. The result was all that mattered in the end, thankfully. Uh, three points was what was needed by any means. Absolutely. Uh, three changes for Pompey from that defeat to Leighton Orient a week prior, Tom. Joe Rafferty, Jack Sparks and Christian Sadie dropping out of a starting eleven. Riley Towler and Tom Lowry making their first starts since the uh, opening day of the season joining Terry Devlin coming in to replace that trio. Um, we heard from John Massino, and we're going to hear from John Massino tonight about those changes and the fact that it was quite enforced. Joe Rafferty out with a, a minor neck injury. He says he's going to be back for this weekend's trip to Port Vale. Nonetheless, it, it forced a bit of a change at the back. We saw Shocknessy, Raggett and Towler with what seemed to be Terry Devlin and Paddy Lane providing support on the wings. What did you make of, not that decision, because John Massino says it was forced, but what did you make of their performance in that role? I thought everyone performed really well, given the circumstances. We were talking off air a moment ago at how, yes, on the eye, it looked pretty enforced. We could all see that we were a little bit sort of makeshift. But, I mean, for and I said to Freddie before we came in that the the two standout performers, in my view, were Tom Larry and Terry Devlin. Yes, it's an excellent finish from Abu Kamara, and I'm sure we'll get onto him and, and talk about him later on. But for those two to be playing a, a position or two, or maybe even three in, in one of the cases, out of position... Given all the circumstances, given how bad the run of form was coming into Saturday, how important it was that we got it right. Messino said in the teaser at the top of the show how probably one of the most important and crucial wins of the season. And I think that's absolutely right. I completely agree. However way, shape or form it, it came, we've just been saying there, the win was the most important thing. It wasn't memorable, wasn't vintage, wasn't a classic. We were all bringing a, a breathing a sigh of relief, more than celebrating when the full-time whistle went. But I think as a result, it could, could prove crucial, given the football we've been playing post-Christmas. Played some nice stuff at times, dominate the first half. Freddie was saying I wasn't particularly pleased with the second, I completely agree. We did the fundamentals far better than Fleetwood. We've struggled to do the fundamentals well on recent away trips, actually, so I was pleased with that. And we probably ended up a goal or two, le goal or two light, mm. try and get my words out, given the chances that we had. Yeah. Um, it was a goal to nil win for Pompey on Saturday, Freddie. And towards the latter stages of the game, Fleetwood had their chances, made it a little bit nervy, particularly with a free kick in injury time, deep in injury time, ultimately cleared by Pompey. Are you surprised to look at the stats and see that Fleetwood had 10 shots to Pompey's nine? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Uh, because compared to the first half, Pompey let it slip slightly in the second. Mm. There are a lot of reasons why that could be. A lot of players who haven't played a lot of football coming in and also if they're playing out of position, they're using using more mental space and they're exerting themselves a little bit better. So Fleetwood definitely had a lot of chances in the second half. I think Jaden Stockley, I think, nar narrowly hit one shot wide and that was one of their major efforts. But no, I was glad that Pompey were able to deal with that pretty well. And the shot difference... <sighs> It's a concern. I think that it's quite obvious that Pompey is still coming out of a slump, but mm. hopefully this is the start of an upward trajectory rather than just, you know, a scrappy away win. Yeah. Five defeats 
on the spin now for Fleetwood. Four consecutive defeats for Charlie Adam, the new man in charge over there. But he had this season been managed by Scott Brown, Lee Johnson and now the aforementioned Charlie Adam. Tom, aside with only 18 points on board, nine points adrift of safety, their time in League One, don't get me wrong, was still a long way to go. It looks to be up, mm. barring an absolute miracle. And fair play, they've been in this division for quite long. They even gave it quite a good go at the very start as well. It used to be quite decent sides. Um, Nonetheless, for Pompey, you can't help but feel that, yes, maybe fortunate to play a team on such a downward trajectory. I can't get my teeth in either. A downward spiral on Saturday. <laughs> if in doubt, avoid the word. Exactly. <laughs> Bit of an easier word to say, isn't it? A uh, downward spiral on Saturday, yes, fortunate to be playing a team like Fleetwood. However, as a fan, you don't really care who you're playing, do you? It's the three points that matters more than anything. Yeah, if, if you're going to experiment with your shape changes, luckily you get to experiment it at a place like the Highbury Stadium where, mm. as you say, there's been a, a terrible run of defeats. G- give his credit, Charlie Adam. They've been in games a lot more than they had been previously. There's only sort of ones or two goals that split it either way and, and the weekend was an example of that. I was actually quite shocked that Fleetwood did not press us at all in the first half. I was watching it and I was thinking, are they actually going to come at us or are they going to let Sean Rago pass it around as freely as he wants to which he never normally has the luxury of as we know in League One yeah I think it's very much a case of getting that first result to steer you away from a bad run then as a consequence the performances then can, can then follow off the back of that we've spoken about it, it being an enforced shape and it was a pretty safe back free experiment we all know every weekend between now and the end of the season can't be like that. Everyone knows yeah. that. That's where the additions of today that we're going to mention soon, or the addition of today, will be helpful as as a result and a return for some players as well. We can hopefully get back to a bit more of an orthodox John Messino because he was very quick to point out that that was the first time he's played a back three yeah. during his Pompey tenure. And given the body language that he was saying it at the time, doesn't strike me that he's going to do that too many times in the future. He'll be keen to get back to his back four and his, his more regular starting lineup. And hopefully we see that for Port Vale at the weekend I don't know what I came away from sort of happiest on Saturday Freddie the result the game itself the retention of top spot in League One or the fact that that win and that clean sheet away at Fleetwood marked a fourth consecutive game without hearing this I'll tell you how much I hate when Fleetwood score when you travel to the Highbury Stadium. Um, they play Captain Pugwash after every time. Or, or they might not, actually, to be fair. We've not heard it in the last I don't four think games. They have, have they? <laughs> no, no, they haven't either. Uh, we haven't had the opportunity to, to test it, but they're, they're used to at least. So, um, yeah, we haven't heard that in a while. And that is quite an annoying tune, isn't it? Everyone has their goal music, or well, not everyone. Most teams have goal music nowadays, Freddie. That is probably up there with one of the most. Annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a strange choice, isn't it? What, what one one that my dad would appreciate because it was randomly he plays it at different occasions just to annoy really? me. But there we are. Yeah, yeah, well, he's old, <laughs> older guy. But anyway, um, no, there, I think there are some other positives aside from the result from this game. There are some individual performances that I quite liked. I thought Marlon Pack had a great game where yeah. he was able to win win possession deep in Pompey's half and and then play some very accurate forward passes. That that through ball which took out three Fleetwood players all the way to Kamara before the goal. Exceptional bit of work. And yeah, Tom Tommy Lowry following on from his probably the the good performance at home against Leighton Orient. He was one of the few players to have a good performance in that game. And he he looks like he hasn't skipped a beat. And I think that having him as an option to play deeper in the midfield 
come on if, let's say, Morel or Pack are struggling. I think that's a brilliant thing for Massinho to have. And I think he filled in in the back three further forward as well when we're used to him playing a deeper role and that's where he's best. So I know that there were a lot of positives. I know some of the analytics I looked at before the game weren't brilliant. I think if anybody cares about expected goals, Fleetwood was, Fleetwood was <laughs> higher than Pompey's in that last game. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll ignore those and pass those off, shall we? <laughs> and just following on from those comments about Tom Lowry from Freddie there, Tom, um, someone who did come in in that game against Leighton Orient last weekend and, of course, started on Saturday as well. And I don't think Freddie's the only one with the opinion, but actually doesn't look like he's been too far away. He's just come back relatively a very similar player to what he was about a year and a half ago when he got injured. Yeah, we're talking about chants and songs that we heard. I definitely heard the Tommy Lowry chant being sung over and over again in that terrace. Uh, yeah, no, he, he you're right, skipped, hasn't skipped a beat is a really great way to put it, actually. I, I remember, I think the last time we probably saw him play proper minutes was against Port Vale at the back end of last season for us in that, I believe it was the 2-2, and I thought he was one of our standout performers that day. I really like Tommy Lowry. He's, he's almost, I know it's in the January transfer window, but he's almost can be treated as a brand new signing for us given the amount of time that we've had to endure of him being away it, I just want him to get keep his fitness now, I know that might be easier said than done, he's had a really rotten run of it but I'd really like him to be able to be an option that we can depend on for these last 18 games because I think he's a really important player for us Right then, the thoughts so far of Tom Chappell and Freddie Webb then but after the break we'll be moving on to hear what the man of the dugout had to say following Saturday's 1-0 win at Fleetwood on a day but also marked his one year anniversary in charge of the Blues. I think when games change like that in the second half, the one thing that I'd like to be better at is putting the game to bed with the chances that we did have because I thought we created plenty to, to put the game to bed in the second half. That was the only disappointment. John Messinio to come and we'll hear from Riley Towler later on as well. So stick with us here on the Football Hour. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Yes, good evening. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, Pompey's only radio station on the great waterfront city. Thank you very much for joining us. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Tom Chappell and Freddie Webb up until 7 o'clock this evening, which is, of course, when the Soft Rock Show returns with Jeff Dorset. Right, we're going to hear from um, John Massino later on in this evening's show and then towards the battalions of the hour as well. We're going to hear from Riley Towler too and we'll talk about a new signing at Fratton Park announced earlier today. Um, just a bit of news though, Liam Vincent, the um, almost forgotten man at Pompey, has secured another loan move away from the club. He has joined National League Southside Tunbridge Angels on loan. Uh, that is Liam Vincent making another move away uh, from PO4. Just quickly on that one, Freddie, Liam Vincent, somebody who's yet to make his Pompey debut, has been at the club for a number of years and seems to be on the move every other month. It's a, it's a shame, isn't it? Because it, we, we were told that he had quite a big potential. We haven't seen any opportunity for him to unlock that Fratton Park yet. Yeah, it's been a bit of a turbulent period when Vincent's been in different ma- different managers, different expectations, mm. different formations even. And it would have been nice for him to have like a permanent loan spell somewhere where he could stay for 
you know, a full season because I think we've, we've seen it from players up and down the country. If they have a settled loan spell for that 12 months in the same place in the right setup, then it's better for their development rather than chopping and changing clubs every three months, getting used to a new, a new, a new setup, a new style of play, new area. So, no, I hope that Liam Vincent can actually settle because when he was in the National League and Pompey signed in, there was a lot of positive voices about him. So, fingers crossed, though. Back to reaction from Saturday, then. Let's talk about the goal, Tom. It came on the 25th minute. Abu Kamara, an effort just outside the box. It was a nice run through the middle, pretty much unchallenged. The Fleetwood defence, for the large part, stood off him. He was played through by Marlon Pack and, um, and Abu Kamara slotted it into the back of the net. Um, Great run, great finish as well from a player who has been very consistent this season, perhaps unexpectedly given the start of the season and the signings that have been made by John Massino, but nonetheless someone who has been consistent and growing game by game. Freddie actually mentioned the key passes played by Marlon Pack yeah. and, and there was probably three or four that I noticed I thought, Christ, that's quite a that's quite a sort of a vision to be yeah. able to play that after overall I thought the passing and the distribution and the vision was so much better from Pompey all over the pitch and as a result led to Abu Kamara's goal which I know there's been a lot of chat and I have a close friend of mine who's a Fleetwood fan who was stood right behind it I'm sure you know what I'm talking about and he, he I won't repeat exactly what he said about his goalkeeper but he wasn't particularly happy with him and I, we were stood obviously the, the flip side of it I actually think it's got quite a lot of curl and dip on it than some might have maybe seen from the highlight package or, or whatever but from where we were stood it looked like a, a really solid finish I, I thought it was a great effort if you don't shoot you don't score right so you you got a bank on the keeper maybe not being completely ready for it as yeah. I don't think he was at the time and also how many times have we been screaming out over the last couple of weeks and months for Pompey players when you're when you can shoot on site why not just pull the trigger and give it a go and as a result Abu gets his what is it eighth of the season in a sorry I've thrown you right under the bus eighth of the season in all competitions and fifth in league one I want to say off the top of my head but that might be wrong I'm getting a nod from Freddie Webb so I think that's near enough yeah we'll find out but yeah it's a it, I thought it was a great effort and I think the and even Messino said in this post-match, which we're probably just about to hear, is that he's not going to demand that every week of Abu, but if he can do that more often than not, if he can do that four, five, six times more this season for the for the run-in that's coming up, then so be it. And that would absolutely be lovely to add to his tally that I hope I've got right. You definitely didn't hear me typing frantically as you were absolutely saying Absolutely not, no. Mm-hmm. Um, 34 appearances this season for Abu Kamara. Seven goals in all competitions. Five in the league, Amen. two in the EFL trophy. Uh, four assists in total as well, three in the league as well. Um, and, and Freddie, it's very promising as well from a, from a Pompey perspective to see that goal on Saturday. We were speaking on the car on the way out there, actually, about exactly what Tom mentioned there, just wanting to have a shot from the edge of the box. And quite frankly, quite often when you go to Fleetwood, Pompey, they do score some bangers from outside the box. Ben Thompson, I think, scored one. Uh, Anton Walks as well. Um, and, of course, then on Saturday, Abu Kamara. Um, and, yeah, really confident to be able to do that especially after in recent weeks some opportunities one on one with the keeper I think it was the Leighton Orient game I want to say and you think maybe he could have had a goal or two of that one he got his goal on Saturday and, and, and yeah full credit to him he probably deserve, deserves it too yeah absolutely and he, he was great he was very positive in this in this game especially in the first half which I liked to receive the ball from Pack and then dribble past two players and then have the time to set himself up properly on his left foot. I thought that was I thought that was very good, and I think the difference between this chance and maybe some of the others in a lot of games. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on Pompey fans to shoot from outside the area if possible. But if there are three defenders in the front of him, what's, what's the point? You, you, you may as well have shuttled it wide to try and get a cross in or try and do a splitting through ball or something. But no, he, he obviously he had the clear sh- sight at goal and 
yes, it, the, the keeper may have not been as set up as you would have liked, but no, I think I still think it was a very good effort on his left foot, and uh, yeah, very positive that Pompey got well underway with that one. A question I posed at the start of the show, Tom, so I hope you've had, you hope you've had plenty of time to think about it. Is Abu Kamara Pompey's most informed player right now? Uh, yes, I think he is. I think Paddy Lane gives him a bit of a run for his money because he's been excellent. I know it's been... I mean, it's difficult to say most informed player because of the last three weeks we've had, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that strike certainly puts him up there. I, I was thinking about this. I spoke to Reese earlier on. I said... We, we all know that the, there were the four positions that they wanted to cover in the transfer window. But they wanted to cover the backup goalkeeper. They've done the attacking number 10 today, which we'll talk about. They want the right-sided, right ball-playing centre-back and then a, a cover for a winger. I don't know if there's going to be able to be a winger that can come in and knock Abu Kamara or Paddy Lane out of the team at this moment in time. And in, in with that in mind, I think the answer to your question is yes, I think Abu Kamara is he's the most informed winger I would say and he's probably the most yeah most informed player in terms of performances Freddie's mentioned him already I think Marlon Pack's been excellent for three or four weeks now um, you know I, I really like Connor Shotnessy as well I, I think he kind of goes under the radar in terms of a, a performer that always wins his headers is always doing the basics of football really well um, and it's always really dependable aerially and on the ground as well so obviously he's had a couple of mistakes recently the Cheltenham one is screaming out to me when I sing his praises mm. there but yeah I think if you're looking for I mean I wouldn't be able to name a a more informed player at, at Portsmouth Football Club in terms of goal output wise and we're talking about Colby Bishop's lack of confidence I think Abu Kamara is going to take the crown for that one Perfectly segued on to Colby Bishop then Freddie um, someone who has received criticism on social media over the last couple of months and, and you know quite a fair bit of it probably unwarranted and going probably way too far than it should do but nonetheless one goal from open play in his last 13 appearances, three penalties within that time as well. And yes, you take the spot kicks all day long and you've got to be able to have the, the nerve and the knack to be able to convert from 12 yards, absolutely. Nonetheless, is he a player lacking confidence at the moment? I think so, yeah. His form since the return to injury has been quite spotty. He's had some very good games where he's looked like the Colby Bishop of old and his link-up play has allowed Abu Kamara in some cases to be very excellent in the final third and with Paddy Lane. I think Cheltenham away, he put in a very good performance. But then he's had ricks in his game where he's basically been outmarked and he hasn't had much impact. I think, think about this way, late or in at home and an extra away or one of them. So his form has been patchy. It might just be the case where the striker just needs a goal in any manner of means and then can carry on. I personally didn't mind his interview where, where he gave it a bit back to the fans a little bit. I thought that showed a, a lot of courage by doing that instead of just giving a pre-prepared media answer that would have meant nothing. But if you are going to do that, you have to put the performances in back-to-back. -back. I think that's what a lot of fans are thinking at the moment. But we've seen the track record with Colby Bishop. I think most of us will still think he'll be fine and he'll probably hit at least 20 goals by the end of the season. And if he does that, then Pompey should be in a very good position either way. 81400 is our text number here tonight. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm over on X or you can download the new ExpressFM app, which is available to download for free via the uh, Apple app and Google Play stores. There's also facebook.com forward slash 
Pompey Lies. On the emails, Linda has got in touch tonight saying that was a much-needed win on Saturday thanks to a cracker of a goal by Abu Kamara. My only concern was that despite having nearly all the possession in the first half, we didn't put away the chances that we created. Obviously, the second half, they didn't. Uh, they did come into the game a bit more and it made an anxious time until the final whistle. It was against. A, if it was against the top side, we may not have got all three points. But we won, not comfortably, but the most Pompey fans, I'm sure, will take it. Hopefully, uh, the injuries to Morell and Rafferty will not keep them out of the side. Welcome to Pompey's new signing as well. We'll talk about him later on. Uh, the club did very well to get in, considerably, uh, considering with other clubs interested as well. Hopefully, we can get a couple of more players um, to boost our forward play. Player Pompey Linda there on the emails and um, Tom we sort of briefly touched upon earlier on in the show Fleetwood not well they are the most less informed team of the division they're they're not on a good run themselves but you you can't help but feel maybe the chances Pompey didn't put away on Saturday might come back to bite them if it was against the side but Mm -hmm. good finish Um, nonetheless it's a win for Pompey Um, let's talk about the, the two players that Linda's mentioned there we've mentioned Joe Rafferty and the fact that John Basilio has confirmed that it was only a minor neck injury. We'll be back for Saturday, hopefully. Um, but Joe Morrell, he came off at half-time at Fleetwood on Saturday. He was replaced by Christian Sadian at the time. I think we all assumed that was because he got a yellow card in the first half. And we, you know, know the tendency of Joe Morrell, what he can do on a yellow card at times. Um, but we've also heard after that that he was carrying a bit of a knock after being clattered by Josh Vella in that first half as well. We haven't heard much since, so I guess that can only be a positive. No news is good news, as they say. Uh, I heard a little <laughs> bit of news from an unnamed source to Go say on. that he's uh, he's all right and yes. he's hopefully going to be okay for Saturday. So um, that's that's good. Yeah, that's unconfirmed, of course, and we'll wait for <laughs> Messino's press conference. But I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, I mean, great credit to him as a, a top professional that he is. I don't know when the the yellow card for Josh Vella came. It's probably in front of you there, Jake. But I don't think it was. It's probably five or six minutes before half time, and then yeah. he then played an additional however long we had for injury time of the first half and then came off and actually I didn't notice that he'd taken the knock I actually thought we missed him in the second half in in you know Sadie's brilliant he's so strong he's got all sorts of muscle it's a completely different profile to Morel but I just think we we did look like we were missing Joe Morel in the second half and 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 we were and I I, you know I I think and you you also said the what was the other uh, player that Linda mentioned on the email, was it Colby? Joe Rafferty. With Joe Rafferty, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that we've spoken about that already, the enforced shape change. And we were talking about this off air that Messino was kind of waiting and waiting and it got to Friday and we weren't sure if we were going to play the shape mm. or whether Rafferty would be available. That's never going to be great when you're in the circumstances that you're in. So great credit to the whole group for adjusting well to the shape change. Credit to Morel for playing on. Look forward to seeing both, hopefully, Morel and Rafferty back on Saturday. Tom mentioning there, John Massino. Let's hear from him now. He's been speaking to Andy Moon shortly after a full-time whistle at Highbury Stadium on Saturday. John, how do you describe that win? Honestly, it feels at the moment, and it sort of felt before the game, if we'd managed to get a win, it would be up there with the, the most important and best wins of the season. Uh, and, and it, yeah, with with every all of the circumstances that we've, um, we've experienced going into the game, coming off the back of a really, really poor performance last week, to, to come away from here, tough, tough conditions, tough pitch, um, to win the game is the most important thing but I thought the performance the the two sides of it the the really good football in the first half followed by that sort of dogged determination to keep the ball out of our net in the second
second half. Uh, it shows we've got both sides of the game, and um, I'm just I'm thrilled for the lads and, and thrilled for the fans as well to be able to see that. Did you feel in control in the first half? I felt well in control. Yeah, I felt really in control. I thought um, yeah we, we kept the ball for the majority of it. I thought that sometimes it is uh, frustrating that we don't open or we didn't open them up more. But my point to the bench was sometimes you're not always going to be able to do that because Fleetwood are working so hard to to go side to side to side to side. Um, our plan was look if we if we keep doing that if we keep moving the ball if we make it difficult for them something will open up and a few times it did open up and you know when it does that's probably what we've been lacking in the past few weeks is that bit of quality in the final third and when you've got players like Abu Kamara on the on the pitch um, you know I think I'm well within my rights to demand that you know maybe doesn't do that every week but um, we see a bit more of that because he's got that in his locker and, and we saw that today you kind of fell in control in the second half certainly towards the end uh, no I, I, I didn't feel we'd uh, I didn't feel the game sort of got away from us it was just a very very um, different um, I suppose yeah different half um, Fleetwood were a lot more direct and that was what we had to deal with so we had to deal with the first ball the second ball uh, I didn't think they carved out any opportunities really from from open play and sometimes we made it difficult for ourselves giving away free kicks conceding um, set plays but you know unlike last week we dealt with them brilliantly well and the def defensive display was was brilliant uh, I think when when games change like that in the second half the one thing that I'd like the lads to be better at is um, putting the ball away uh, or putting the game to bed with the chances that we did have because I thought we created plenty to, to put the game to bed in the second half sorry anyway. um, and that was the only disappointment because sometimes you're going to come away from, from home and something's going to drop from a long throw from a corner the free kick at the end if that goes in we think oh my god how have we not won that game so that's what we've got to be a bit better at What was the thinking behind the formation change? Uh, we didn't have a right back so <laughs> How is Joe Rafty? What's the situation with him? Yeah uh, Joe's, Joe's okay um, he, he I picked up a, a slight neck injury um, earlier in the week, which we thought would would loosen up. Um, he was extremely stiff on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, so it was it was a really interesting one for us as well because I think in um, in a year I haven't played a, a back three at all, and uh, we we got to the stage where we thought yesterday, okay, Joe's not going to be fit. He didn't travel up with us, um, and it was something that we'd been working on a little bit in training this week, but a really tough one to balance off because we didn't want to go right. We're definitely going to go a back three because we were just waiting on the injury. But the players, I, you know, my my opinion is that players should be flexible enough to to fit into different systems. Uh, my my only it wasn't a worry actually but my my only sort of point was players playing out of position like like Terry that's the one where you've got to think okay you're not just fitting into a different system you're you're also playing in a position where you're not comfortable but I, on the other on the hand I know Terry's such an honest kid and he performed absolutely magnificently today um, but yeah that was that was the rationale behind the shape change I thought we had the players in the building this week that were fit to be able to do it um, and I thought yeah especially in the first half the, the shape looked really good so Joe should be back for next week he should be fine yeah. There you go, Joe Rafty. Absolutely fine. Should be back for this week's trip up to Vale Park, up in Burslem. Um, Pompey take on Port Vale in their next League One fixture. Fortunately, as well for Joe Morrell, um, he's got a bit of time to recover before that game, as there is no midweek game for the Blues this week. There is next week, however. Next Tuesday, they take on Oxford United. That is the rearranged game from uh, late in 2023. That should be a good one at the Cassam Stadium. Uh, but for now, our focus remains on Saturday's performance and win for the Blues away at Fleetwood Town and um, we saw that
that formation change on Saturday, Freddie, which Tom was alluding to prior to that post-match interview with John Massini. And yes, it was an enforced one. It wasn't one that, that you know, tactically they were looking to make if it wasn't for the injury sustained to Joe Rafferty. Nonetheless, it says a lot about the character, I'm sure, to be able to, of the team to be able to go into that game with very little training with that formation to actually still go in and get the, get the victory, regardless of who it's against. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it took a lot of character from the players to be able to do that. I know some would argue that Fleetwood didn't have that many clear-cut chances throughout the game and a, and a more aggressive side, a more front-footed side would have tested them a little bit more and I do agree with that. With Pompey and back threes, it's always a strange one because you haven't had that many players who are completely archetypal wing-backs to be able to use properly in that system. I think Denver Hume was one of them when we brought him in in that, in that January. But to be able to actually be defensively solid in that game and for players like Terry Devlin to be able to fill in in the wing-back role and not look completely out of place and to be able to control the game in parts, I, 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 I'm very happy with the players for doing that. Criminal, I think, as well, Tom, but I haven't mentioned Terry Devlin, 40 minutes into the show. Um, he came in on Saturday, um, played, I think, was it the left-hand sides or the right-hand sides of that, of that defence, of that three-man defence? He, he was adopted more of a wing-back role as opposed to his usual midfield role um, and really didn't look too much out of place. He put in a, a pretty decent shift in a very unnatural position for him. He was right wing back I want to say, wasn't right. he? Because I think as Messino said to me, he was along the touchline with him for the first half so I, I would have That's put right, that yeah. on the right hand yeah. side but yeah, he he's still a very young man <laughs> I think we still haven't seen a performance from him that's topped his Reading showing, which I thought was exceptional. Topped off with a really nice finish as well. Um, but yeah, for, for him, uh, we were talking about this before we came in here that the the amount of positions he's had to play and fill in, like he's mm. he's been in his orthodox midfield, he's played as an attacking number ten, he's also now played right wing back. So you know, the, and Messina will be the first one to say, look, come out and say these professional footballers need to be able to adapt. I need them to be able to play in different positions because we're not always going to be able to play our favoured favoured sorry um, lineup every week and and Saturday's a great example of that but that is quite a quite a leap for a young man and for him to not look like I mean he looked like a right wing back didn't he for mm. him to not look out of place as, as we've already mentioned is um yeah a real credit to him and I hope he can probably be put back in a more comfortable position where he can really shine next time we play or next time we see him I, I don't know whether we if we come on to the the new signing whether we're going to see Terry Devlin playing in that 10 whether we're going to see him go back as cover as the midfield I don't know I doubt we'll see him as a right wing back again that's no <laughs> sort of reflection on what he did on Saturday right. but I, I just don't think that's going to be required or necessary some reaction now from uh, ex uh, Ian Dark saying big win for Pompey to stop the rot and stay top did well to grind it out but slowly to pull the trigger in several situations having to sub rail cost midfield possession and control and led to a pretty nervy finish results elsewhere prove all top teams will drop points in a hard league before it's there over Ian Dark Jack Hancock saying Tom Lowry getting through 84 minutes is incredible massive for him Mike Briscoe who says with an 11 point gap between 8th and 11th it feels like there are two separate leagues within League One this season. We really need to, the lower teams in the second league uh, to step up for the rest of the season. Game points against the higher sides in brackets, not us, uh, says Mike on X. And one final one from Jeff Harris, who says, I thought Devlin had a good game at right wing back, was solid in the tackle and broke forward when needed to. Still think there is a future central defensive midfield in there rather than an attack-minded player through Terry Devlin's got a lot to learn. The thoughts there of Jeff Harris over on X. Right. 
After the break, we're going to get the final thoughts of both Tom and Freddie, and we'll also hear from Riley Towler, who shares his thoughts on his first league start since the opening day and her hard-fought performance up on Fylde Coast. I thought we'd done really well. We dug deep, we, we battled, we tackled, and first half we played some really good football, and, and then second half they, they chucked it at us a bit, they went long, and um, I felt defensively, as a team, I thought we'd done really well with it. The final thoughts of Tom and Freddie to come to when the Football Hour reaches its conclusion after the break. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Good evening, welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour on Portsmouth's Express FM. Thank you for joining us here on the show. You join us at just about quarter to seven if you've missed any of tonight's show or just fancy listening back to us uh, or listening back to any other previous edition of the Football Hour. You can head over to the Apple Podcast app, the Google Podcast apps and Spotify as well. You can also go to the expressfm.com website and the brand new ExpressFM app, which is free to download on the Apple app and Google Play stores. Tonight's episode will be uploaded at around about half past seven this evening, so you can replay this edition of the show at your leisure. And uh, a little bit of uh, sort of news to take you through elsewhere other than Pompey, or it is it's Pompey related, but um, just mentioning the Pompey women, they did not have a game the weekend just gone um, they next take on Ipswich Town away from home uh, this coming Sunday the 27th of January that is a National League Cup fixture uh, and then they take on Ipswich Town away from home a week later that is a league game on February the 4th they next take on um, a side at home at Wesley Park uh, not until though the uh, 18th of February, Chatham Town are the visitors to Wesley Park. Yet again, a league fixture for Jay Sadler's size. So two trips to the AGL Arena coming up over the next fortnight for the Blues. Then a trip to Oxford United's Court Place Farm on Sunday the 11th of Feb. And then, of course, that visit of Chatham Town on the 18th of February. Pompey do uh, occupy top spot in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. They are level on points with second place hashtag United with a far, far, far superior goal difference and two games in hand as well. They go into um, net, well, this Sunday's game against Ipswich in the Cup off the back of a victory over hashtag United at Wesley Park last Sunday, just gone. Uh, that was a 2-1 win at Wesley Park. And we're going to hear from Jay Sadler, hopefully, on Friday's edition of a football hour to look ahead to Sunday's trip to the AGL Arena. Also, elsewhere to take you through Australia in action in the uh, Asian Cup. They next take on Uzbekistan tomorrow afternoon. It's actually 11.30 kickoff over in Qatar. That is their third and final group stage fixture of the tournament. The Socceroos are already through to the knockout stages following victories in their opening two games against India and Syria. Cassini Yengi was a sub. He came on in the victory over Syria on the 18th. That was last week. Um, he managed seven minutes plus additional time in that game. So he's getting a few minutes in the tournament is Cassini Yengi. Uh, but nonetheless, Australia doing very well and uh, we can probably expect him to be back uh, in the middle 
of February. Right, back to reaction to Saturday's win for the Blues away at Fleetwood Town. We've heard before the break from John Massino. Now let's hear from Riley Towler. He's been speaking to Max Swatton about how it how good it felt to be back on the pitch after not starting a league game since the opening day of the season. Oh, firstly, it's a great three points. I thought the boys were excellent. We had to put our bodies in the line. We had to dig deep um, to come here. We know it's a tough place to come to get the three points, but um, personally, it's the best feeling to be back back out on the pitch and um, it's great to get the three points as well. Three points and a clean sheet. How pleasing, pleasing is it to, to, to keep them out? Yeah, of course, obviously, as of being the defender, you want to keep clean sheets, but the most important thing is win the game. So um, to, to win the game and to see all the fans fans in their way and uh, making all the noise. So at the end, it was a it was a great three points and uh, got to have a good hard week training now and um, go again on Saturday, next Saturday. How important was it today for you and the lads to get the three points after what's been a difficult patch of form? That's it. I think today, coming in today, is just most, most importantly just win the game. It doesn't matter how it is. Obviously, you want to play nice football at times and stuff like that. But um, I thought we've, we've done really well. We dug deep, we, we battled, we tackled. And first half, we played some really good football. So, And, and then second half, they, they chucked it at us a bit. They went long. And um, I thought, thought defensively, as a team, I thought we'd done really well with it. Now, I know you won't shy away from how difficult this past few months would have been, sort of sitting on the sidelines, but you came straight back in and slotted in seamlessly. What does that say about your character? Obviously, it's tough not playing all the time. And obviously, you want to play all the time. So, um, But I, the, boys, the boys have been playing have been outstanding, so I couldn't really complain. So um, I had to just keep working hard every day in training, keep grafting away. Just be ready. You never know, you never know when you could be ready, so just... Keep doing, keep doing extras, keep working on it, and then never know when you get need a, uh, get called upon, and then make sure you take it. What was the gaffer's message to you ahead of the game? Personally, what did he want from you? Just go out there, just go out there, and just enjoy it. Just go out there. Obviously, I haven't played for a while. Go out there, enjoy it. Go in there and do do, do the job for the team. And um, thankfully, I've done that today. How do you think the lads adapted to the to the slight change in system? Is it something you've had to do before? Personally, I've played it before. Yeah, so. Um, I quite like it as a free, but um, I think I think the boys always been around long enough. We could we could we could change. We're good enough to change. We've got an excellent team. We've got squad depth. So I think I think whatever we do, I think we could do it well. And just finally, how good does it feel to be able to send all the fans home, a sold-out away end home with three points? Oh, it looked like, look like we had more fans in more Fleetwood. So looking beyond the goal, look, we had we had more away fans than home. So. It was it was it was quality to see them chanting and cheering to to obviously get the win for them and to send them home happy because so that right is some some trek as well in it so so to take them home happy and get the three points is quality. Some trek in it. Some trek. Just over 600 mile round trip for the travelling 1,100 Pompey fans at Fleetwood on Saturday afternoon. Uh, really really great um, support up on the Fylde coast as if there was any uh, doubt in anyone's mind that there was going to be. Um, Riley Towley, you've got to love the honesty uh, in his interviews, Tom. He's very down to earth, isn't he? He's, he's, he's not... Uh, yeah, he's just brilliant, isn't it? It was, in it. It was quality, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> quality, just the boys it? were quality. The fans were immense. It's what you like, isn't it? And we were talking we earlier, you don't, you don't want pre-composed answers, do no. you? You want the footballer to tell you how it is, and Riley Towley is certainly one that will always do that. 
somebody as well, I thought someone was blowing a party popper then, it was someone's chair squeaking. Um, Probably mine, I don't know. <laughs> that's fine. Um, Riley Tyler as well, we mentioned there in the queue-up to that interview, Freddie, making his first league start since the opening day of the season. Um, somebody who, in the tail end of last season, was playing pretty much week in, week out, not had much of an opportunity this season, but when called upon, was professional and, and, and capable enough to, to be able to put in a very good shift. Yeah, and also showed he was capable of playing in a brat free as well, which is a, a major thing. Yeah, it's been a tough season for Taylor. Um, losing the starting spot after the first game to Shotnessy, who's been immense pretty much throughout the entire season. And then the lack of opportunities, and you're not as match sharp. And then the cup games with different defensive partners over and over again, with, with the matches scattered a lot. His performances haven't been there, and he'd probably be the first to admit it. But no, to be able to go into this game, look fairly comfortable on the ball, which is a big thing, considering that Pompey needed to control the possession against Fleetwood and play out properly, mm. to be able to do that and uh, yeah, step up when needed to, it, uh, shows that, it shows that he's available as a depth option, which is very good. Let's move on and talk a bit about a new signing then. Um, we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, earlier today, Pompey announced the arrival of a lone player on loan uh, from Brentford of the Premier League, somebody who's made a couple of Premier League appearances, actually, for the Bees this season. He spent some time on loan at Forest Green Rovers last campaign, who, despite being relegated, um, this player was tipped to be one of the best performers within that team. He's got a he's got a name that some on social media, including one here in the studio, Tom Chappell, advising oh. that um, his name could fit very well in, in a current sort of popular song, which has resurfaced surfaced over the last few weeks. Are you going to get me to say his name first? <laughs> well, first, first of all, we've got to clear up whether it's... A little bit of confusion in the studio. Is, yeah. that is, it, is it part or pert? Is Miles... P- P- what did you go I would say it was Miles Pert Harris. No, right, well... But, on... but, but I'm not a broadcaster, I could be wrong. So. The working basis is Pert Harris, right? We'll, okay. we'll go with that. We, we might be corrected. Yeah. We'll go with Miles Pert Harris. And according to you, Tom, his name would go very well in this song. Oh, it's, it's coming in this bit, OK. Well, we have to wait for a minute, because it's not at the... It's not on the chorus, yeah? yeah? It's not yet. We've got to build it up. OK. Go on, Tom. Right, here we go. Turn it up loud, everybody. Pitt Harris on the dance floor. You better not kill the groove. DJ. Oh, no, it's not the DJ bit. <laughs> Pitt Harris on the dance floor. You better not kill the groove. DJ. We're going up Messino's way. <laughs> Brilliant. I like it. Don't clip that up and put it on social media, no, otherwise... It's obvious, so obviously getting clips up. It's going to on social media straight up. <laughs> the show. Tom, thank you. Yeah, welcome. I wasn't expecting... I didn't even ask you to do that. You are a radio station, after all, aren't you? So True. it's the right medium for that True. kind of thing. didn't even ask you to do it. You just did it. I like it. Let's get into the proper conversation about how good the signing is, rather than singing songs no, about animals. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody now. <laughs> uh, we're going with Miles Pert Harris, then. Um, and it sounds... You know, quite better as well, actually. Miles yeah. Brower, Miles Pert Harris. We'll go um, a good signing, Tom. Yeah, Freddie's going to give us the lowdown on it, I'm sure. And he's, he's had some time to have a look, and I've had some time to have a look at him today as well. Obviously, we're basing this all off YouTube clips. Ignore any social media chat that you see, and I know the majority of people are also saying ignore any social media chat, but this is a really top signing, Jake, in my view. He looks like a really talented attacking midfielder, Premier League appearances as recent as this season and FA Cup appearances for a Premier League club as recent as this month. He's an exciting pickup. He des- definitely hasn't been a cheap window either. I think that might have been overlooked slightly by some, but Matt Macy and Pitt Park 
whatever Harris's <laughs> wages aren't going to be cheap either. So we'll uh, we, we should give credit where that's due. Yes, he's going off various different clips. He looks really comfortable on the ball, box to box, likes to score, a couple of assists to his name. He's he's strong as well. That's something I feel like, other than the monster that is Christian Sadie, I've already mentioned him, but he's a really strong player. You know, north of Marlon Pack and Joe Morrell, there wasn't there was a void there where we needed a strong, comfortable with the ball at his feet, and he can probably contribute more goals to Alex Robertson. We were talking before. We don't think he'll have the same range of passing as Alex Robertson. They're not the same player, not the same qualities. It's not fair to compare the two. I can see why he became one of the club's main targets to replace him. He certainly fills an Alex Robertson-sized hole in my book. Freddie, your thoughts on the signing today? He's, he's going to come in. He's an attacking midfielder, and Tom mentioned there probably unfair to compare the two players. Nonetheless, he's he's very likely to come in and fill that that void, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I think if I had to boil it down all the way to a nutshell, since I've seen Put Harris play a few times, full ninety minutes, and then some clips in other places, I would describe him as a goal-scoring attacking midfielder rather than a creative one. But that doesn't mean that his his passing stats are poor by any manner of means. Forest Green Brothers really like fans really liked him. He apparently did a lot of work out of possession and was one of the players to get in opposition faces in a side that didn't really press an awful lot. And at six foot two, Put Harris can also be a very good focal point going forward. Two of his goals in that Forest Green season were for, were from set pieces with the header, which is obviously a bonus if he can have that. But I do like the fact that his, some of his advanced numbers, he's very good at passing into the final third, looks very comfortable in position. He's a, he's a very technical player, hmm. which I do like. And, and I think something that Pompey do miss sometimes, is he can be a player to run down the channel for a through ball and to be able to use a bit of pace and then get onto the ball either to pass to a lane or a Kamara or a Bishop or be able to take a few touches and have a shot himself. I do like the signing. It, it, the the attack midfielder position, I swear we've been talking about it for almost half a decade as a position that, that Pompey have needed on and off for quite a long time. And I think this does fill a need. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning that since Richard Hughes was at Forest Green, brought him in on loan, and he used to be a Chelsea Academy product yeah. when John Harley was there. So those two know how he plays and his strengths. And surely from that, Messina will know how to get the best out of him. Yeah. The only doubts is I'm sure I don't think he'll be able to do the defensive stuff as well as Alex Robertson being able to get that in those tackles in deep and then to be able to press the ball out that way. But as a final third focal point and a technical passer, I quite like the signing. I'm fairly positive about it. And as Freddie's alluded to there, came through the ranks at Chelsea, was brought by Brentford in 2021 for uh, an undisclosed fee, which was thought to be in the region of £1.4 million. Uh, he was on the bench uh, eight times during that Premier League season, never came on, but did make two appearances in the Cup. He's featured a couple of times in the Premier League this season, coming off a bench uh, on three occasions over the course of the last month or two, and plays over 103 minutes in the two FA Cup ties for replay two with Wolverhampton Wanderers just a couple of weeks ago. So someone with a bit of Premier League pedigree behind his back arriving at Fratton Park on loan until the end of the season. You can read more on the signing of Mars Pert Harris um, on the Express FM website and Express FM app as well. We'll hopefully hear uh, the first signing of uh, the first interview with Mars Pert Harris 
on Friday's edition of the Football Hour. There's no midweek fixture for the Blues this time around, so your next dosage of Pompey Live, you've got to wait until Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock, for the trip up to Port Vale. But until then, we've still got plenty coming up on Express FM, including the Football Hour on Friday night from 6 o'clock. You can join myself, Sam Macy and Mark McGee for that one. We'll be previewing the trip to Vale Park, and hopefully, like I say, we'll hear the first interview with Miles Pert-Harris as well. Well, a big thank you to everyone who tuned into the show this evening. None more so than our two studio guests. First of all, Tom Chappell, thank you very much for making the journey down. I really appreciate your time and your efforts tonight. You're very welcome. Lovely to see you again, as always. Great to have you. Hopefully I'll have a 4-0 on Saturday. Um, Let's Saturday. hope so. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> big thank you as well to Freddie Webb for joining us on the Football Hour tonight. Freddie, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much for your contributions. Oh, it always is. Thanks for having me on again. And, uh, yeah, get, get me to Port Bale on Saturday. And do head over to the Express FM social channels in around about 20 minutes. It's time to hear uh, Tom singing again. Right, the Rock, <laughs> Rock Show with Jeff Dawson is up next uh, after the news at 7. He's chatting to John Rhino Edwards and Status Quo as well. So do join Jeff Dorset for the Soft Rock Show after the news at 7. Take care. Good night.